Hey, this is Coco Columbia. You're listening to Sounds of PDX. This is Travis from the audio sequence. I'm Vince. I'm Boyd. This is Josh from Adverse Effects. I'm Jason Amare. This is Mike Collins from Mets, Ryan, and Collins. Hey, this is Logan Lynn. And Gino Amare. You're listening to Sounds of PDX. Sounds of PDX. Sounds of PDX on PRP. Welcome to the show. It is Thursday night, my old home, since uh, I've recently moved to Tuesdays. But I'm having a special edition because we have had a ton of snow in Portland, and so Sounds of PDX hasn't been on the air. And we are back here on Portland Radio Project. I'm your host, Luke Neal, and Jen Emerson is with me tonight. What's happening, Jen? Oh, man. It's been a beautiful day, hasn't it? As always, your company's fantastic. <laughs> and we have a really great company joining us tonight. Singer, songwriter, and recording artist Courtney Noe is with us. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Um, at the top of the show, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Ashley Extina because through her, I dug into your music more and made this connection. And I just love your EP. And I'm glad that you're here. And I wanted to help you promote for a girl fest that went on last week. Um, I'm going to pick your brain about that. But again, we said the weather killed us. So that was that. Uh, what we're going to do tonight is listen to Courtney's uh, influences. And at the end of the show, her entire Invisible Crown EP. We're going to kick things off with Misery Business by Paramore. What does this song mean to you? Um, I listened to it a lot, like, freshman, sophomore year in high school, because um, I think, like, some guy, like, chose, like, this other girl, and then like, I was, like, rude, and so then I was, like, mad at the girl, which was dumb, but the, the, I, like, really liked this song. It's the perfect the soundtrack for yeah. it. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> We're going to kick things off here on the PDX Spotlight playlist with Paramore Misery Business here on PRP. That is Paramore here on Portland Radio Project, an influence of Courtney No, She is my special guest. Jen Emerson is on board with me as well. And we're going to step way back, Courtney. What's like your first music memory? Um, I remember being in my room with like a play, a play school cassette player and it had a little like white microphone attached to it. And with I would the just, yellow top? Yes, 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 with the yellow top. And so I would just sing into that and like record on a like a blank tape or like some old tape. So what were, uh, like, some of the early, early bands? Oh my, I mean, NSYNC, duh, Spice Girls. Sure. Um, and then my mom always listened to, like, Oldies and Goodies when we would drive from Walport to Corvallis, where my grandparents lived. So that kind of became, like, the norm, all that stuff, mamas and the papas. <laughs> were, uh, was there any members of your family that were musicians as well? Nope. Oh. Jeez, <laughs> so this just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Pioneer. <laughs> Pioneer, yes. Well, with that, too, you you know, you grew up, obviously, in a smaller area. What was your access to music, just like MTV, VH1, and secular radio? Yeah, it was pretty much the radio, and then I subscribed to a bunch of, like, fashion, like, pop culture magazines when I was pretty young, um, just to kind of get some real world in me, because I was, like, growing up in the middle of a forest. Sure. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty much radio. I would, like, sit by the radio and wait till my favorite song came on and then, like, press the tape button to record it. I'm sure other people did this as well, oh, I yes. hope. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of the thing. Just came out by the radio. And then, like, buying my first tape was a big deal. I remember when CDs came out, and it was like, now, this is music. Just, that was it. There was no number. It's an extra five bucks yeah. for the CD. Okay, but didn't you kind of miss single cassettes? Oh, my God, like, yeah, because you get the satisfaction of, like, rewind. <laughs> 99 <laughs> cents at Hastings. I mean. You can't beat it. I, I won't forget, though, like, the same thing, like, buying music early and having that ownership like, what did that mean for you, like, those first couple CDs that you'd go and oh listen gosh. to? Oh, my gosh. It was such a big deal. It was a big deal to even buy them. And then I, like, had them. And I would probably, I think I put them on display somewhere because the artwork, the album artwork, even if it was just, like, the Spice Girls, like, five of them just standing there. I was super <laughs> into it. Well, it's, it's interesting, too, because we, I have a philosophy, too. There's basically two branches of the music industry. There are performers, and then there's, like, the bands, you know what I mean? And yeah. I think performance art and pop music have a real important place 
you know, I think it reflects, like you said, fashion, which mm-hmm. you're really into, and it's intertwined with your music. Yeah. I want to talk to you about that later. But uh, before we went on the air, I said, man, I think pop music and indie music and everything's just blending together. Um, and folks who haven't heard it, the Invisible Crown EP is exactly that. Um, and it is five songs. Like I said, they're going to be the last five tracks of the show. Um, but pointing back to the playlist, we were talking about your early influences and some of those road trips. Did Aretha Franklin show up on oh any gosh, of those? Yes, Aretha was always in the car. <laughs> well, you selected Respect for mm-hmm. the playlist as, as part of that influence. Why that song? Um, I think it just has a very good message. You can kind of like Z-snap to it. And then also <laughs> I had like the American Idol karaoke game or whatever. Um, and Respect was one of the songs that you would try and sing on it. And so that always like comes back to mind when I was like, didn't know how to sing it. And I was like screaming <laughs> Respect. Well, we'll sing along here without the yes. disapproval of <laughs> digital Simon Cowell. <laughs> this is Aretha Franklin here on Portland Radio Project. Stick around. You're listening to Sounds of PDX. Genie in a Bottle, that's Christina Aguilera here on Sounds of PDX. She's an influence from my special guest, Courtney No. And just before that song break, Jen told you about your text to win this week. So I have been told and I have read that you make your own outfits. Could I you do. tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I started sewing when I was nine. Wow. Um, I don't know how to cook, but I can sew, so there's one thing. <laughs> But uh, I just always, I always have a vision of how I want things to look. Um, so I just had to make all my outfits, uh, like for school prom and then obviously for my shows. Yeah. Um, so for my release show, I made all my outfits and I was literally sewing probably like two hours before I had to go to sound check because <laughs> I love to wait till the last minute. <laughs> but yeah, I make them all. Um, it's just another, I like to, you know, get the whole vision out there yeah. and express myself as much as I can, even if it's not all through music, so. That's wonderful. Well, yeah. last minute is a great motivator. Yes. <laughs> I, I also read that you are never without lipstick if you're awake. Is that accurate? Um, I mean, once in a while I won't have it on, like if I need to like eat something major, but um, yeah, for the most part, if there's any, if I'm in a rush, it's lipstick and mascara. Nice. That's what we do. Nice. The uh, Outdoor Basics, right? The Outdoor Basics. <laughs> Survival Guide. Um, that question, I actually didn't know about you making your own um, outfits until uh, Ashley Extina, I asked her to provide me with some questions for you. Um, and she brought that up as well. But, uh, you know, I think it's, what do you think is important in this day and age, now that we've had a couple generations of music video, why do you think it's important to weave, pun intended, uh, fashion into music or vice versa? I think it's kind of, you just have to you can't really have one without the other because even if you wear like a white t-shirt and jeans that's saying something about you and what you're about and how you feel about your appearance um so even if you want to look like you're not trying or not trying but um you know more low key right. that's like now you're low key so I think it's just always going to be hand in hand and I think it's just becoming more and more kind of expected just for branding purposes. Sure. Yeah, it's true. Not not having a, f- a fashion image is kind of your image. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, your, that's your gimmick. <laughs> you can't escape it. <laughs> um, one artist that came out and just blew me away with her fashion and her sound, she had to throw back everything immediately, was uh, Amy Winehouse. <laughs> so talk about fashion and, and her tunes. I mean, she was kind of doing it indie style. She was so fabulous. Yeah. Um, I do the cat eye kind of in homage to her. Um, but she just like did her, I love people that do their own thing and like do not care at all. And if that's how they feel fabulous, like perfect. Um, but yeah, I remember watching one of her music videos. I think it was her tears dry on her own. And she, I think she wore the same exact dress as she did in another music video, Hmm. but she just was about that dress and it made her feel dope. So that's what she did. (laughs) And she's Amy Winehouse. So that's perfect. That's awesome. And that's actually the song that we have next up on the PDX spotlight playlist. It is tears dry on their own by Amy Winehouse. All I can ever be to you is a darn step we know and this regret I got accustomed to. 
Jojo here in Portland Radio Project. That is an influence by my special guest, Courtney No. She is joining Jen Emerson and I on this special Thursday night episode. Welcome again uh, to the show. I want to thank you for that because I went through the playlist and I was building it, checking out your influences. I was like, oh my gosh, Leave by Jojo. What a great song. Classic. It's well written. <laughs> like, it, it, you know, Jen, we were just saying, Jen and I, like, it would be cool to do a folk version of that. 100%. Or, yeah, I mean, there's not many songs that can translate over a lot of genres, yeah. but if you really listen to that one, it, it can. Yeah, yeah. Um, so speaking of songwriting, talk to me about your relationship with Ashley Extina and how that started. So I had been trying to write an EP for about a year and was like totally roadblocked. And I was like, okay, need some help. I'm going to ask for it now that I've had a loss. So I put an ad on Craigslist, just like expecting the weirdest inquiries to come flooding <laughs> in. And then she emailed me and she was from New York, which like caught my eye because that's like New York. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. And then she was like um, weary of me and I'm like weary of her. So we had like a phone interview, but she was like trying to pre-screen me and I'm like secretly trying to pre-screen her. <laughs> um, but then we met up and the first, the first time we ever met, we started writing no good and alone. What? And we like knocked out a large chunk of both of them. And I was like, okay, this might, we might be onto something here folks. So it was pretty amazing. Had you worked with a producer like that before? No, I haven't ever worked with anyone. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, when did when did your journey on the EP start? You said a year before that, but like Yeah. Um I had done this weird like quarter life crisis move to LA when I was 23 and then I had like a mental breakdown Britney Spears moment and like I had just grown out my hair to shoulder length and then I like shaved it all back off to my classic situation. Um, so I like packed up a bunch of myself in my car and I was like driving back to Walport in like four o'clock LA traffic. And oh. then I, on the drive back, I was like, okay, if we're going back, we're going to like make this happen. So I was like, okay, I have to write an EP. Um, so that's where it kind of like evolved. And I was like, had to start making stuff happen. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> How much music did you have before you met up with um, Ashley or did any of your previous tunes make it to the EP? None of the previous ones had made it. I'd been working with like a a guy who wanted to be a producer um, that I just knew through somebody. But then I kind of realized the level that I wanted to achieve wasn't going to be achieved with me not knowing anything and him not really being at the level I needed to achieve that. So sure. everything got scrapped. And then I found Ashley. We started over. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, when you're when you're writing songs with somebody, what's the challenge for you in translating, getting your message out of a collaboration? Um, I'm very. I have to be like super comfortable with you first of all because obviously I'm writing songs about like my feels um, <laughs> and usually I try and be like ice queen over here, but I think the most important thing is. I always have like an idea of like a mood or like a sound in my head and I need to be able to portray that to whoever I'm working with. Um, and she was super patient with me trying to like verbally explain how I wanted something to sound or like, no, I want it to be crunchy, but not like that crunchy, <laughs> like a pretzel instead of a peanut or whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> I know you can kind of gain your own yeah. vocabulary <laughs> in the studio. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, well, we are going to get back to the playlist. Leslie Gore, You Don't Own Me. Uh, just made a resurgence on a couple right? ads, right? I was yeah. like, where did this come from? So I thought it was timely that you added this to the list. <laughs> uh, what about this song? I mean, it's kind of like, especially for the time. Right? This is super... Pretty risky. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's kind of girl power-ish. And then it kind of re, you know, resurfaced lately. And I don't think people know, like, Leslie Gore was the one that wrote it, or if they even know Leslie Gore. So sure. I kind of wanted to, like, give her a little shout-out because she's pretty dope. Um, but yeah, I love it. The message is, like, pretty timeless, like, from then, now, still accurate. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's been covered a lot, but this is still my, my favorite version. This is Leslie Gore with You Don't Own Me. She's an influence of Courtney Noe, my special guest tonight on Sounds of PDX. That's right. We're nonprofit. Just once again, we play a local artist every 15 minutes. We are here for the Portland music scene. And one of the artists in that is Courtney No, our special guest tonight. We've been listening to her influences. And we just came out of a break with Billie Jean. Uh, Carol Maxwell said that is her favorite uh, Michael Jackson song of all time. Why did you select Billie Jean? Uh, well, I always sing it, but my grandma's name is Peggy Jean. So I like oh. do Peggy Jean. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with anything. But um, it's just like... Probably one of the more catchy. I mean, he's all catchy. It's just stuck in my head all the time. Yeah. I don't know. 
It's one MJ. Of those perfect melodies. <laughs> so um, I wanted to talk to you about what the Portland music scene means to you as you've, I don't know, what would you say? You've been in it for year, year and a half? Year, yeah, yes. Yeah. So what does it mean to you right now from your position? At first I was like, how do you break into this? Like it seems like everybody's already like got their thing going on. Mm -hmm. And then I slowly kind of like trickled my way in. And it's like once you start meeting people, everybody's so friendly. Everybody's so encouraging. Everybody wants to like do a collab or just like do a show together or just introduce you to someone they know that you might like a photographer. Um, so it's really welcoming, even if you're not the same genre. I mean, pop's kind of like not the number one here, but the rock and rollers are all about like, yeah, introducing <laughs> themselves. <laughs> Speaking of which, talk to us about your backup band, The Heavy Hustle. Oh my God, I love them all so much. Um, they're called The Heavy Hustle, and then Charlie Brown plays keys for us. Um, he's dope. And then Paul Pariza played for Girl Fest because Charlie was out of town. But The Heavy Hustle is, um, they're like more rock and roll. They're dope. But I found them, um, I'm friends with Charlie, who's the singer of A Heavy Hustle, and he let me kind of take his spot for backing stuff. Um, but I met him years ago, also through a Craigslist ad. <laughs> so if you need to meet people, go on Craigslist. <laughs> Charlie we would be scary to meet through a Craigslist ad. <laughs> Already having your guard up. No, we love you, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, love you. Um, but yeah, I met him, and then I was like, uh, Ashley was having a Jade Lounge um, show and wanted me to kind of get my feet wet. And so I wanted to kind of have a backup band because I'd always just been playing shows with just like basically karaoke, like a backing track, and then I would sing over it. Um, and so I asked him if one of his bands, because I knew he was in a couple, would want to back me. And now we're best friends forever. That's so awesome. <laughs> I think you played, what was the first time they backed you? Was it the Rumpus Room? Um, no, the first time was a Jade. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Ashley because she's doing something really cool there um, called Woman Crush Wednesdays that showcases mm -hmm. artists. And is that where you uh, started on, on the Woman Crush Wednesdays? No, we. it was just a random show that she had kind of put together because she wanted to get her, um, something in Portland because she had just moved here from New York. Um, and then she ended up having a really great relationship with Jade, and they were down to do a Woman Crush Wednesday series. So that happens every month, and it's just female artists kind of performing, which is amazing. That awesome. sounds really fun. Yeah. What's your wish list venue in Portland right now? Doug Fur. Yeah. Doug Fur. It's a good one to have on your list. It's it's, so a, good. It, it's attainable. Yeah, you can you can definitely knock that out. Oh, um, well, you know what are what are some of the uh, favorite venues that you've played in Portland so far? I've played actually the Twilight um, Cafe is actually pretty dope because their stage is super high, so I didn't get like anxiety like I usually do because <laughs> I couldn't see anyone and I was just like towering above. So that was pretty cool. What else have I played? Jane Lounge. Um, Ash Street also has a tall stage in case of people that get anxiety. Yeah? Yeah. How was Girls Fe Girl Fest? We were talking about that before the show, but what was your experience like at Lola's Room? I always had wanted, like, Crystal Ballroom, obviously, is, like, a big deal. And Lola's Room is right, you're, like, in the same building. You're just a floor beneath. Um, I was trying to get them for a different show, um, so I'm glad I finally got to in there. But it was so cool. It's a great venue. The bar is beautiful. It's big. Everybody can come. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's a really cool place. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of performers. Um, so what was kind of the, the overall arcing theme of, of Girl Fest? This is their third? Third year. Yeah. yeah. I think it was just because there was a bunch of different genres there. I think it was just getting people to realize how many women in Portland are doing so many different things at like such a good level. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's important, too. We're unfortunately still in the day and age where... Um, it needs to be highlighted, the mm -hmm. difference in women right. in music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's unfortunate. We're hopefully moving away from that uh, as we slowly do. Uh, one of the strongest women in music right now is Rihanna. You submitted Love on the Brain. Uh, talk to me about this track. I'm so obsessed. I wish it was my track. I wish <laughs> I could just claim it as my own. Um, I became obsessed with it when she sang it live at the Billboard Awards last year. She wore like fabulous green fur and came and came out. The live version she did was so good. And from that point on, I needed to sing it at every single show that I could do. I was not super familiar with this one. Have you heard this song? No, no, I haven't. It's good. This is really good stuff. I'm glad you submitted it. This is the next pick from my special guest, Courtney No, You're listening to Sounds of PDX here on PRP. If you want to be my lover... That's right. That's the Spice Girls, an influence brought into me by special guest Courtney No. Jen Emerson and I are your hosts here on Sounds of PDX.
Always want to give a thanks uh, to Vortex Music Magazine. They are excellent at representing the Portland music scene, and they help us as artists and promoters promote our own thing. Um, and that's just part of the gig. So, Courtney, what's your what's the way you promote? You're great on social media. Do you have any other uh, tactics or business practices? Mm, I just try and be like my weird self because I feel like people like real people. Um, yeah, I'm on social media, obviously, because everybody has to be. And your Instagram account is great. Thanks. Yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> I try to make it entertaining. Usually my goal in life is to make people laugh. My mom always said to be like a stand-up comedian, maybe. I like um, it. But yeah, that's like the goal is always to be funny. It works because it humanizes people. Right? Like, I don't care who you are. I think even if I went and saw a heavy metal show, I'd want to laugh, laugh at the lead singer between, between the songs. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be playing your EP in the second hour, but I want to talk to you about the recording process. We talked earlier about you working with um, Ashley on the release. So Invisible Crown, again, came out on August 2016. Um, it's fantastic. So where did you track it, and how did that process start after you were writing with Ashley? I worked with Kyle Devine of Flatline Studios. Um, I think he's renaming it to Divine Studios. But he, so I came, I wrote with Ashley. She and I um, got down the piano parts just so we had something to go off of. And then kind of just discussed how we thought each song should pr kind of progress. Um, no good, and like that, I had gotten just off of random producers off the internet so i already hmm. had those beats but i wanted to make little tweaks to them um and then alone can't say no and invisible crown kyle and i kind of busted out in the studio um and then can't say no and alone ashley had helped with the arrangement and stuff so yeah it was a uh, it was a long process <laughs> and i had a lot I, it takes a lot for me to cry but i had a couple cry days <laughs> good right that's what the record's about yeah, yeah. is the uh, <laughs> the feelings. Yeah. You yeah. should get frustrated yeah. because you want it to be good. Right, yeah. You want it to be perfect. If it was like, oh, no, big deal, then I probably shouldn't be doing this in the first place. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. Well, we live in a day and age where I think you could kind of talk about you know, multitude of, of lyrics. So do you have a particular theme? Do you have any sneaky lyrics that may be about somebody that has no idea you're singing about them? <laughs> I mean, let's I'm talk sure. about it now. Let's dish. <laughs> yeah. Let's dish. Um, can't say no's about a guy that I'm sure he's never even listened to it uh, or probably doesn't even know I have a song out that's about him. But my goal is to one day have my songs be so popular that he can't get away from them. So. <laughs> nice. That's a really nice motivator. <laughs> Well, let's talk about another really powerful lyricist, um, Miss Beyonce. You brought in a track called Freedom yes. uh, featuring Kendrick Lamar, who has absolutely blown up over the last couple of years. Uh, what does the song mean to you? Again, it's this is a controversial track that came mm -hmm. out last year. Yeah. Well, ever since we had a little thing called The Election in America, um, this has been on heavy rotation in my listening practices. And I actually performed it as the last song at Girlfest just because I thought it was super important and it had a good message. And I think, like, now is the time to kind of really come together and not just, like, post a status on a social media, but actually, like, you know, fight for some stuff that's right and on the right side of history. So I dig that a lot. This is wonderful. New stuff here. This is a newer track from Beyonce, an influence of my special guest, Courtney No, I'm Luke Neal here with Jen Emerson on Portland Radio Project. The Etta James here on Portland Radio Project. You're listening to Sounds of PDX with Luke Neal and Jen Emerson. Courtney knows my special guest. And what can't you say about Etta James? Like, uh, all the fields. You know, there's a really great program right now on Hulu called Soundbreakers. And I think it's an eight-part series. But they mm -hmm. were talking about old session singers like Etta James and how there just aren't musicians anymore that no. work the microphone yeah. like those artists. Yeah. What do you think it is? Like you said in the last segment, you've had sessions in the studio where you've cried. Like, yeah. What kind of respect do you have for those artists who used to sing for eight hours a day for sessions? That's insane. I was in the studio for a long amount of time because um, Kyle liked to like, you know, do a good um, amount of time to work stuff, stuff out. But it's so hard, especially when you sing like soul like that because your voice is just like, you're, you have to pull from all the emotions. You have to get the right tone, and then you're just like um, belting for hours on end. So it's a uh, it's rough. It's a it's a challenge. That's why they call it the music business. Yeah, half music. That's the business that's you're talking the about. <laughs> 
Courtney, I'm just gonna straight shoot here. Why do you want to be a performer? Um, it's pretty much the only time that I feel. Well, I'm pretty like much at a level three most of the time. I don't really get like excited out or of anything. Ten. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know the barometer. <laughs> three out of ten. Um, I pretty much just coast through. Nothing really like gets me like, super excited, and that's the one time when I like I have anxiety. I'm excited. I want to puke, and then I also want to like go dance and like do jazz hands. So it's like the one thing that makes me feel like alive, I guess. Um, and. Obviously, I dress a certain way to express myself, but I feel like that's like a visual thing. And when I sing, that's how I get out like my emotions because I don't really talk about emotions just on the reg. Like with my girlfriends, I'm usually just like, okay, well, you guys do that. I'm going to go over here and like <laughs> Snapchat. Continue to be guarded like an artist. <laughs> I need to be guarded. <laughs> uh, this is another question from Ashley Extina. She said, what's one word to describe your persona? Well, I do this thing, I do, t I say diva mode, but I feel like that's not accurate anymore because I feel like people think that, like, diva is like a bad word, but I, it's not a bad word. No, um, it's not a bad word. But I think diva just means, like, empowered and, like, strong and, like, very um, direct in your vision. And so that's kind of my alter ego. But then in, like, in real life, I'm super, like, awkward. And I obviously, like, humor is my crutch instead of, like, being emotional. I just try and, like, make people <laughs> laugh. Or, like, if somebody falls, like, my, my, my immediate reaction is to laugh, which is not a good thing. But, yeah, so it's, like, diva mode, and then it's, like, awkward Courtney. That's good, though. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that's, that's why you perform, because you yeah. can express that part exactly. of yourself. Exactly. Uh -huh. Yeah. So what do you think it is about... Because like we said earlier, there may be a band, I'll just like the Strokes. Mm -hmm. There's nothing gimmicky about them. They just play their music and keep their heads down. They're not even big performers. So there's that. What do you, th what do you think the difference is in, in being in a project like that to where it's just face value as opposed to something that you're putting a lot of time into, into your outfits mm -hmm. and your performance mm -hmm. and you've had dancers on stage mm -hmm. with you. So it's a different ballgame than just rehearsing. So what's what's your motivation to add all these extra layers for your audience? Um, I mean, I grew up kind of watching, you know, previous divas um, and that was always elements that were in all of their shows. Like J-Lo has the sparkly outfits and the choreography and the dancers, you know, Beyonce, Destiny's Child, all of them. And so I think that was just kind of like expected in my head, like, oh, this is how you do it. Sure. Um, I do have a lot of respect for people that just sit down with a guitar and just sit on a bench and play. I, f I feel more comfortable with a lot of theatrics around me and then I need like the fireworks and the outfit changes. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I think it's mostly, I guess I expect a lot for myself. So I want to give a lot to the audience. That's fair. Yeah. You just mentioned artists who can sit on a park bench with a guitar and do their thing. Um, and I thought Jewel. Yeah. Jewel. Definitely. Um, even Fiona Apple writes mm -hmm. most of her stuff, like on a stripped down piano or a guitar, like a lot of songwriters yeah. start at that point. Well, let's turn the clock back. This is one of Jen's songs. You said you covered the hell out of Crazy by Patsy Cline. Well, that's true. She is one of those yes. songwriters who can just sit down and have no theatrics. What does this track mean to you? Um, I mean, I love the lyrics. I'm a lyric person. If the lyrics speak to me, then I'm more so inclined to the song. Um, so we, I think we've all had uh, a romantic interest that kind of makes you think you're going crazy. Um, so... <laughs> That's why I, and the, it's so raw. Like, she's just so raw. It's like minimal backing track, all her voice. You can hear the emotion every time she says a certain line. So that's what really drew me to I it. I love her vocal. Did it matter to you um, either way that it was written by a female or a male? As I know that Crazy was written by actually Willie Nelson, mm -hmm. who is amazing, amazing songwriter, amazing with his vision, mm -hmm. especially his vision for America. I remember reading an article in Rolling Stone where he said he really wished that he could pull a lever and drop a doobie into every home <laughs> in America. The great peacemaker. Right? The great peacemaker. <laughs> well, this is a song written by Willie Nelson. This is Patsy Klein's Crazy here on Sounds of PDX. Talk about throwback. That makes me feel like elementary school all over again. That's Whitney Houston here on Sounds of PDX. It's an influence by our special guest, Courtney No. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to dig in, ask you some random questions. This is a, sh a game I do on the show a couple times. Uh, this is 10 questions, simple off the cuff. 
Don't even need to think about these. Okay. Fall out of your frontal lobe answers. Okay. Mm. Beer or wine? Whiskey. Whiskey. <laughs> TV or movies? TV. TV. TLC or Destiny's Child? Destiny's Child. Okay. Would you rather make a record with Dr. Dre or Pharrell? Dr. Dre. Why so? I just watched Straight Outta Compton. Oh. <laughs> so it's a recent yeah. influence. Yeah. What a great movie. <laughs> uh, would you rather vacation in Europe or the Bahamas? Europe. Why so? Uh, I have to wear like SPF 100 if I'm in the sun. <laughs> Too bad you grew up on the coast, it's right? More, well, it was all cloudy <laughs> there. Oh, that's true. It's the Oregon <laughs> coast. Um, would you like to do a week in space or at the bottom of the ocean? Ooh, space. Okay. Uh, would you rather have your music on a soundtrack or covered by a famous artist? Mmm, covered. Why so? I think that uh, the interpretation would be dope. Okay. Yeah. A nice compliment to you as an artist. Yeah. Um, let's see. Would you, if you weren't doing pop music and you had to choose between these two, would you rather be in a metal band or a country band? I used to be like so anti-country. I think it's because I'm from the country, but I probably would be in country. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Word. Uh, meals, breakfast or dinner? Breakfast. Totally agree. We just had this conversation. No, totally agree. 100%. It's, it's the uh, meal of all meals. Uh, and this is a tough one, so think about this one. Would you rather make an album with your favorite artist or go on tour with them for a year? Tour. Why so? I would get to be in front of all their fans. It's true. Shared experiences, mm -hmm. kind of the live music thing is, is where it's at. Um, thank you for answering yeah, those. Yeah, those are fun. I told you low pressure, right? Yeah. Nice and easy. <laughs> and now I'm going to turn it over to Jen to okay. ask about these five tracks we're going to be listening to. And this is actually high pressure. <laughs> okay. This is. So for every wrong answer you get, we're going to cut off a toe. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, um, Your seat is wired. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Oh, that reminds me of all the psychology classes I ever took in college. Um, why did you select these five tracks? Um, I was super attached to all of them at the time, and I wanted them all. I wanted to be able to speak to each of them and actually have something to say. So they all fitted that. They all fitted that. Um, they, they all fit that. <laughs> the invisible crown. Oh, I yeah. Get it. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Well, it's it's interesting. People put records together because they're supposed to tell a story. And sometimes mm -hmm. it's tough with EPs yeah, because it's just a sampler. But yeah. I think your EP gives a well-rounded representation of well, you as an you. artist. Thank yeah. you. Thanks. Um, we've got another artist here on the list, uh, Dion Warwick, another classic. And we've got Iggy Azalea, not two artists you normally hear back to back. <laughs> uh, but talk to us a little bit about, these are both walk songs, Walk On By by Dion Warwick and Walk The Line by Iggy Azalea. Uh, what's with Walk On By? This is uh, another one of those vintage sounding tracks. Um, I connect with it because... Um, like a, a guy used to date, I ran into him like after we were over and he didn't like acknowledge my presence at all. And I was like, well, okay, rude. Um, <laughs> so I feel like, especially in the, this, um, generation of ghosting, I don't know. Do you guys know what that is? Oh, yeah. like, I've heard of ghosting. Yeah. Um, so this, I mean, obviously it's from not this generation, but still applicable. People walk on by or ignore no, I get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a very good comparison. Mm -hmm. A timeless theme we've seen. <laughs> Walk on by Walk on or by. ghost. That's right. So this is more here. This is Courtney Knows Influence. This is Dion Warwick. Stick around. We've got this, Iggy Azalea, and then the entire Invisible Crown EP. Here on Sounds of PDX, we'll be with Courtney Know until 9 p.m. If you see me walking down the street and I start to cry each time we meet That's Iggy Azalea here on Portland Radio Project. You've been listening to Sounds of PDX. I'm your host, Luke Neal, special Thursday night edition because we were snowed out a couple weeks ago with my special guest, Courtney No. Uh, and now's the time of the show. I'm really looking forward to, we're going to dive into your entire EP. And uh, like I said, just before we came on, I was tempted not to play them all in a row <laughs> because no good um, right now is probably my favorite song on the track, but it's a wonderful introduction you. to you as an artist. Um, it's got this boisterous intensity that feels like a celebration <laughs> which is what I dig about this song but it's a nice it's got an indie vibe it's got a pop vibe how did this song come about you said it was one of the first tracks you wrote with mm -hmm. Ashley yeah um, I found the 
the backing track online just looking. I was like, this is super catchy. Let's do it. Kind of reminded me of like Christine Aguilera back to basics situation. Yep. Um, and then I just was having an issue as per usual about with some dude. And <laughs> so I just wanted to like let him know that he was not the bee's knees. So I just wrote this song. I do you have plans in the future to add live horn section for this track? Yes. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Just get our friends from Goldfoot to hop on stage with you and yeah. play a little bit of this. Um, well, cool. We're going to be listening to a No Good Right Now, Back to Back. We're going to play Like That. This is Courtney No here on Sounds of PDX. You've been messing with my mind for way too long. Time to pay your dues, put you where you belong. When hell freezes over, you can kiss me goodbye. Then down on the floor 
Cause I like it when you slow down I like it when you tell me turn around Doing everything to make it proud Just like that, just like that Whisper in my ear, don't make a sound But when you get close, we get loud I know you like it when you tell me how Just like that, yeah I like that, I like that last two songs you heard were from my special guest Courtney No. She's hanging out with Jen Emerson and I. Uh, we heard No Good and Like That. Uh, two pretty different tempo type <laughs> yeah. tracks. We talked about the celebratory vibe of, of No Good. This last one was kind of a somber like a 2am with a cigarette and whiskey song. Yeah. yeah? <laughs> you can steal that if you like. Uh, what was the inspiration for that track? Um, I kind of, there was, there's not a lot of songs, at least, I mean, I'm sure there are, but I hadn't heard of any songs where, like, the girl takes control in kind of, like, a romantical situation, or, like, is more just up front, like, here, this is what I'm trying to do right now. Sure. Um, so I kind of just wanted to do something like that, a little sexy song for women. What do you think that's important? I, like, girls always get, like shamed for wanting to do whatever whatever we want to do. You mean there's a double standard? There's like this weird double standard <laughs> thing that's happening and I'm trying to fight it. <laughs> One that's sexy awesome. song at a time. <laughs> no, I'm I'm really glad that's happening. I'm Thanks. glad somebody's talking about it. Thank, Thank you. you. And in this genre, this wouldn't have been available 20, 15 years ago because there's no way an A&R uh, or even a manager at a, at a record label would be like, uh, we're doing, you know, pop music that's you know, these hit songs, however, lyrically, you know, they yeah. were, they're always really careful, you know, yeah. these, these big, you know, pop writers, but it's cool that we live in a day and age where you can have protest music in all different genres. For sure. Mm. Yeah. Who are some, uh, do you have any protest artists that you like? Oh gosh. Um, I mean, Beyonce, Freedom's like coming to mind, I think, because sure. it's just like in my head. Not off the top of my head. Oh, well, wait, war. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Hopefully, we don't have another one of those. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, you mentioned lyrics. Ani DeFranco is a, a biggie for me. Oh yeah, as an independent female artist, you know, she she changed the game, and it's one of those things that's so great. You know, she had her guitar and her records in the trunk of her car, but she was making music on her own long before labels were, mm -hmm. you know, out of power like they are now. Um, so are you currently writing? Do you keep a journal? Where do you keep your thoughts? Yeah, I'm big on, I have to write everything down. Um, so I keep a journal and I have like a million notebooks that I just grab when something comes to mind. Um, obviously my phone's usually with me. So if I don't have paper, I'll write it in my phone. Um, so I have a big folder full of different songs I want to start working on. Yeah. For awesome. the for you've got an LP you're working on. I want to start. I haven't. St I mean, I've started writing, but I want to do maybe a six to eight track project next. Nice. Yeah. yeah. You're gonna do uh, multiple releases or put them all out at once? 
Um, probably multiple releases. Yeah, do some quarterly releases, yeah, singles yeah. for us. That's yeah. awesome. Hang uh, on. Well, this next song alone, talk to me about this one. This was the one, this is the second one that Ashley and I started working on, but it was the first one I think we fully finished. Um, I was just in like a kind of a darker place when we wrote this. Um, I had just moved or came back from LA and I was feeling kind of down about like per, pursuing music. Um, and I was isolated a lot because I lived by myself and I did freelance work, so I didn't really see people that often. Um, so I was just kind of, and I'm an only child, so it's like, that's a tough I'm always solo. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I was just wanted to kind of write something that maybe other people that felt that way could listen to and be like, even though it's a super sad song, I feel like it's super honest. So maybe people can be like, okay, even though I'm alone and sad, so was she and she's okay now. Yeah, you can connect on that level. Yeah. Pure yes. songwriting yeah. at its finest. Yeah. Courtney's EP, Invisible Crown. This is the third track off of it. I want to thank her again for hanging out with Jen Emerson and I all night tonight here on Portland Radio Project. This is Alone by Courtney No.
heard two more songs off of Invisible Crown. That's the EP by our special guest, Courtney No. What a gorgeous piano tone and vocal. Thank oh my you. gosh. No, oh, and I've I've gotta tell you, Luke, like I went like when I said when I came back upstairs from having visited the woman's facility, <laughs> I I thought it was Rihanna. Like I didn't know that no, it's absolutely excellent. Music. Literally the best compliment ever. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So, what do you do with feedback like that from from fans? I mean, because it's not an easy thing to do being yeah. a recording artist. Um, I mean, I'm super super hard on myself. I mean, we're all our worst critic. Um, artists but I, are. I never think of oh, I did that good. I'm always like, okay, I missed that note. My voice sucked or whatever. I missed the choreography move um so thank you for the, like the the compliment but you don't know what you're talking yeah. about because <laughs> but yeah when i hear stuff like that i'm like okay i'm not doing something weird that i should stop doing like people enjoy it so just keep yeah. going yeah. yeah what do you think it is about tortured artists that you can go through an anxiety ridden <laughs> experience which is preparing and performing and then you're like all right i gotta do that again yeah immediately after you get off the stage <laughs> exactly. i'm like i'm gonna redo <laughs> do you think it's kind of uh in a 
endorphin high yes. and a little drug 100 percent. yeah because like um i'm always totally fine like level three and i act calm cool and collected and then i get behind the stage like ready to go on and i'm like shaking like a leaf and i have i'm sweating and can't catch my breath and then i get off the stage and i'm like okay well let's do that again <laughs> Well, you should feel good because even the best of the best mess up. That's true. There's an infamous video of Beyonce from 10 years ago doing a header down some stairs mm -hmm. in Europe. I'm sure you know the video I'm talking about. So it's like even at that level, stuff happens. Yeah. Like you're going to mess up. So do you have a personal philosophy like whether there's two or 200 people, 2,000 people in the room, you're doing your own thing? Yeah. Um, I mean, it used to freak me out when there wasn't that many people in the room because I kind of feed off energy. Um, I'm sure a lot of people do. But now I kind of just, eh, I mean, I guess this time kind of sounds selfish, but I kind of do it for me to express. And um, I used to also be afraid of like going 100% because I didn't want to look like I was trying to entertain. Hmm. But now I realized if you don't fully commit, you just look like you're not, not really fully committing. And yeah, and then people are like, well, why is she like halfway doing things and like looking bored? Like every time you watch like a really phenomenal uh, performance, you're like they were in it and like committed and even if they messed up they were still like ready to rock and roll so still i try and just yeah, yeah. try and do that it's a it's a weird dynamic to share your art and to put things out there and i think it's actually tougher for pop artists because you can't look at somebody like a Ryan Adams or William Fitzsimmons and go oh they're being inauthentic yeah. however if you look at a pop star that, like you said, is is doing a half-assed job. Mm -hmm. It screams on stage. You yeah. can tell right away. Yeah. Um, so, what's your what's your take on like 2017? What are some of your goals that that you want to accomplish? And uh, we already talked about you wish listing the the Doug first. So mm -hmm. hopefully we can get that yeah. out there for you. No, and and besides Grammy, because I know that's like yes. your, my your... phone screen. Oh, I have no. an update, but yeah, it says Grammy's 2017 on my phone. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But even though that's past, but I feel like it's good mojo. Yeah, um, good mojo. Yeah, um, I'm a big believer in like writing things down and kind of like putting it into the universe. Um, but for 2017. Definitely playing at like larger venues. I want to open for somebody um, just because I've kind of, you know, you have to get more people to hear you. Um, and then I really want to go on tour, some sort of tour. Like a uh, I-5 tour? Yeah, I-5 tour would be so dope. It's the real deal. Mm -hmm. What's your dream audience size? Madison Square Garden. So <sighs> 20? No. 30,000 at Madison Square Garden. And I really want to like either rise up or like come down. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, there needs to be some, no, some I, sort of I totally see that. I'm actually <laughs> picturing this right now. There's no other way you could do it right? other than some sort of theatrics. <laughs> no, so, absolutely. So when it happens and you line up the theatrics, you're going to have to hook us up. Oh, you guys oh yeah. Why Luke and Jen out to New York, 100%. Madison Square Garden. <laughs> yeah, and Alyssa could find us tickets there totally, 100%. So, yeah. It's on. It's so, done. It's there. So we're riding on we've your goals. Put it, we've put it out into the universe, so <laughs> yes. just stay tuned. I can't wait. I would totally travel to New Jersey just to hear you sing. I can't think of any other reason I'd go there. And I mean no offense to anyone from New Jersey, but honestly, like I've never heard any other reason to go there. Love it. I'd I go love there that for I'm you. Courtney, Courtney no. For Courtney no, we would go. Well, I want to thank you again for being here tonight. Yeah, this is thanks, your guys. Uh, any shout outs or goodbyes you'd like to send out there? Um, I want to thank my mom. She's probably listening. She yeah. always comes to every single one of my shows. Ashley Xtina, 100%. The Heavy Hustle, Ajay Marshall, Charlie McGowan. Um, Kyle Devine and my vocal coach of four years Laura Myers who I would be nothing without nice nice shout out well thanks again for being here your energy is fantastic thanks. your EP is killer we've just had a ball with you that's right everybody you've been listening to Portland Radio Project I'm Luke Neal you can usually catch me on Tuesday nights from 7 to 9pm and I have been joined by my co-host Jen Emerson thanks again for being here Jen oh it's been such a pleasure Luke thank you as always you are the best and Courtney again thanks for being here everybody be safe have a good night this is Invisible Crown by Courtney No.
smiling cause I think it's whack. Mouth of a sailor can cause a heart attack. 